and thus the cycle repeats itself. First of all, I didn't make that all up. We'll see the zombie ant in all its glory in chapter 4. And second, it's an unsettling illustration of nature creating and solving its own problems. At the base of it, to disperse its spores, a fungus would do well to have wind, which is lacking in the thick rainforest. So over millennia, the fungus evolved a solution. Use ants as vehicles. Yet the ants have their own solution to this problem. They instinctually grab individuals that look sick and drag them out of the colony and into a mass grave. But alas, the fungus in turn has a solution to this problem. By manipulating the zombified ant out of the colony, it can avoid discovery. Thus, one side evolves an offense and the other a defense, year after year, millennia after millennia. Push and pull, push and pull. As if organisms didn't have enough to worry about with predators and even malicious fungi, the push and pull of problem and solution can bring conflict even between the sexes of a given species. You see, males and females don't have the same interests when it comes to sex. Males tend to take notice of anything that moves, while females have to be choosier. And then, randy fellas can come in conflict with other randy fellas. The males of one species of toad, for instance, have gone so far as to develop weaponized mustaches to battle each other for the right to mate. Even hermaphroditic species, like some varieties of flatworm, will clash among themselves, for when two individuals come together to mate, Neither wants to get pregnant. Their solution? Penis fencing, obviously. Coming up in the very first chapter because I assume you're intrigued. So what gives with all the conflict in the animal kingdom? Well, it's the system, man. The system. Specifically, Charles Darwin's idea of natural selection. Organisms must compete for food and water and often shelter both with other species and with their own kind. And these individuals, of course, vary due to errors during DNA replication and the unique way parents' genes mix for each offspring. Because there isn't always enough food to go around, not everyone is going to make it. If the ones that do make it have lucky genetics that help them win those resources, they can breed and pass down the primo genes, thus continuing the family line. And food is just part of it. Those best equipped to escape predators, perhaps because they're that much faster than their peers, survive to pass down their genes. Those that can better tough it out in a harsh environment survive to pass down their genes. And those that are particularly impressive to the opposite sex, perhaps with exceptional feathers or dancing skills, win the right to pass down their genes. Conflict is everywhere, between predator and prey, brother and sister, sexed-up male and sexed-up female. A species may gain an edge, but any sort of edge is answered. Weakness in the animal kingdom is dealt with accordingly, as creatures at times literally keep each other on their toes. Which is all to say that over the billions of years of life on Earth, evolution has created many a problem but also found many a solution. Push and pull, push and pull. And more often than not, things get really creative, and, 
really weird. This book is a journey through the strangest of the strange, a bestiary of sorts. And not a single one of these animals will die at the hands of a tree. A murderous fungus, maybe, but never a tree. You have my word on that. Chapter 1 You Absolutely Must Get Laid In which marsupials hump until they go blind and die, and flatworms stab each other with their penises. You're fond of sex, and that's okay. Everyone is. Everything is, because living beings have to be. It's why we're on this planet, to pass down our genes to the next generation. You've got your tired pickup lines, or that thing you do with your hair, or maybe, if you're feeling bold, both at the same time. And that's nothing to be ashamed of.